welcome back to the Core EM Podcast. Core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. I'm Anand Swami Nathan, and this week in our conference, we ran through an EKG workshop focused on differentiating irregular tachydysrhythmias. This is part of our year-long EKG workshop series, and we're about halfway through the tachydysrhythmia module. I thought this was a good opportunity to review a simple approach to differentiating the tachys. We put together an algorithm for this in a post, and that link will be in the show notes. This is part of a talk I give called Simplified Approach to Tachydysrhythmia Management. And while I'd like to claim responsibility for coming up with the approach, I'm pretty sure that I stole it from Mel Herbert. If you go way back in time to 2008, Mel gave a great talk on this topic on MRAP. I dropped a link to that in the show notes as well, and if you're an MRAP subscriber, you really should go back and listen to that. It's an absolutely brilliant lecture, and it's a big part of the reason I got inspired about education in the first place. All right, let's dive into the topic. When you get handed an EKG and you're trying to discern the dysrhythmia at hand, it's helpful to have a basic approach. The approach I'm going to discuss is simple and allows you to narrow the interpretation down to just a small handful of things. To start with, is the rate fast or slow? Anything over 100 beats per minute is fast, anything less than 50 or 60 is slow. For the sake of this podcast, we're only talking tachydysrhythmias, so everything here is going to be fast. The next step is to determine whether you're just looking at sinus tachycardia. Is there a P wave before every QRS complex, and does every P wave have a QRS complex that follows it? If yes, you're probably dealing with sinus tachycardia. This can be hard because sometimes the P waves are difficult to discern, or there may be an extra P wave buried in the T waves. Scrutinize the EKG and look for any violation of the T wave. A T wave should simply go up and come down. Anything upside of up and down, any blip, any little notch, that's violation of the T wave and it has to be explained. Many of these are buried P waves. If you're still not sure, run the paper at a higher speed and that can help by spreading the QRS complexes out and bringing the P waves out a bit more. If the patient isn't in sinus, the next thing to consider is whether the QRS complex is wide or narrow. Wide is anything greater than about 100 milliseconds for this purpose. After determining whether you've got a wide or narrow complex, you next want to ask if the rhythm is regular or irregular. By doing this, fast or slow, wide or narrow, regular or irregular, you can rapidly differentiate your EKG into one of four categories. Category 1, narrow and irregular. Category 2, narrow and regular. Category 3, wide and irregular. Category 4, wide and regular. Each of these categories has just a couple of considerations, so let's go through those individually. Category 1, narrow and irregular. This leaves us with atrial fibrillation, atrial flutter with variable block, and multifocal atrial tachycardia or MFAT. That's about it. Most of the time, narrow and irregular is going to be AF, but if you see flutter waves, you've got flutter. If you see multiple P wave morphologies, typically three or more, you've got MFAT. Category 2, narrow and regular. This leaves you with SVT, atrial tachycardias, and atrial flutter. With SVT, and more specifically, we're talking about AV nodal reentry tachycardia, you won't see any P waves. The rate is often faster than the patient's predicted maximal heart rate, and it's exquisitely regular. With atrial tachycardia, you often will see an alternate P wave access. Of course, with flutter, you're going to see the typical sawtooth pattern of the P waves. It can be difficult again at times to differentiate flutter from SVT and even from sinus tach. Sometimes again, those P waves aren't obvious. If the rate is around 150 beats per minute, plus or minus five or so, suspect atrial flutter. 
More than once, I thought I had sinus tachycardia at about 150, only later to identify it as flutter. Again, the trick of speeding up the EKG paper can help by spreading those QRS complexes out and revealing the flutter waves. Category 3, Wide and Irregular. Pretty much all of the diagnoses in here are life-threatening. We're talking about ventricular fibrillation, torsade de point, and AFib with a barency like WPW. VF is pretty easy to distinguish, and of course, the patient's going to be mostly dead, so that helps to make it a little easier to pick it out. Torsade isn't tricky either, though it rarely looks like what you see in a textbook. I'll drop a couple of EKGs in the show notes to review this. AF with WPW is another scary-looking one. You'll typically see bizarre complexes, maybe some fusion beats, and they're going to be stretches where the rate is very high, approaching 300 beats per minute. For all three of these, the therapy is simple. Electricity, defibrillation and ventricular fibrillation or torsade, and cardioversion and AFib with WPW. Yes, you can use meds for AFib with WPW, but I don't bother. These patients get unstable fast, and electricity just about always works. The last possibility in this category is to consider AF with an underlying left or right bundle branch block. The patient has a left bundle or right bundle at baseline, and they just happen to be in AF now. Some patients, just to be tricky, can get a rate-related bundle branch block as well. It can be tough to differentiate whether the patient has AF with a bundle or AF with WPW. Focus on looking for the bizarre. If the rate approaches 300 beats per minute at times, or you see bizarre QRS complexes, it's AF with WPW. Finally, category four, wide and regular. Only really three or four things in this one. Ventricular tachycardia should be your default diagnosis. Wide and regular equals VT until proven otherwise. If you treat all wide regular tachycardias as VT, and it is VT, awesome. If you treat it as VT and it's another one of these rhythms, you're almost always going to be fine too. On the other hand, if you treat it as one of the other rhythms, you may get into some trouble. The other rhythms in this category are SVT with aberrancy and SVT or A flutter with an underlying bundle branch block. I can't stress it enough that when you're dealing with this category, assume it's VT, and then you've got to find evidence pointing away from this diagnosis. This isn't relevant just for treatment, but also for workup afterwards. A patient who just had SVT, even with an underlying bundle branch block, can typically go home once you convert them. But if they had VT, they're more likely to benefit from an admission and a workup. One thing to note here is that if the rate is less than 120 beats per minute, VT is a bit less likely. One of the things to consider in these cases is hyperkalemia, which can be wide and regular, but typically isn't going to be as fast as VT. All right, that's it for the simplified approach to tachydysrhythmias. The post we built on this topic has the algorithm, as well as a simplified management algorithm as well, so definitely check those out. We've got some individual posts on VT, AF, and SVT, so go over to the site and check those out too. All right, let's hit our quick take-home points. Number one. When looking at tachydysrhythmias that aren't sinus tach, quickly differentiate by determining if the QRS complexes are narrow or wide, and then determine if the rhythm is regular or irregular. This approach quickly drops the rhythm into one of four boxes and makes the rhythm easier to determine. Number two, each of those four categories has a small set of rhythms that are included. Narrow and irregular, AF, A flutter with variable block, or MFAT. Narrow and regular, SVT or A flutter. Wide and irregular, Torsade, VF, or AFib with aberrancy. Wide and regular, VTAC, SVT with aberrancy, or SVT with a bundle branch block. Number three, 
If you see a wide and regular tachydysrhythmia, the top three diagnoses are VTAC, VTAC, and VTAC. If you assume VTAC and treat VTAC, you'll almost always have the right diagnosis and you'll always have the right management. Well, that's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net. We've got a ton of great core content emergency medicine. We'll have a core post up on Wednesday and a journal update up on Thursday. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, follow us on Google Plus, and on Twitter where our handle is at core underscore EM. Thanks, and see you all next week.